Welcome to the Blind Stigma Podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. This podcast aims to provide a safe space that explores mental health within the Black community, breaks down the stigmas attached while taking back our narratives. So our next guest is Dwayne Beckford. He is a financial literacy professional, a motivational speaker, writer, actor and singer so we've got a a dynamic man on this on this uh episode this afternoon so um what i think is very interesting about him and his story is trauma he has gone through so much um trauma and traumatic experiences Mm -hmm. and trauma is very multi-leveled you know he speaks about trauma from childhood. Yes. Speaks about trauma in terms of um, being in a violent altercation. I'm not going to give too much away, but um, there's just so many things that can constitute trauma, but also fascinating how trauma can impact your exactly. life. Exactly, and 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 what what I am so I want to say proud, but what I'm I'm excited about and proud about with Dwayne is that he is, he, I saw this quote. Okay. Let me get into it. I saw this quote that said, <laughs> it just occurred to me that many people are actually afraid to heal because their entire identity is centered around the trauma they've experienced. They have no idea who they are outside of that trauma. And that unknown can be terrifying. Dwayne is the opposite. Right. Dwayne is the epitome of using your pain and make it your purpose, you know? And, and I am, I am in awe of a man, a black man that can address the trauma that he's been through and is willing to take the steps to grow and to heal. I think this is going to be a very powerful episode for you guys. Absolutely. Hello, Duane. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm great. This is Stacey Ann. And, and this is Dr. Natasha Williams. Good afternoon, ladies. Good, Good afternoon. afternoon. How are you doing? I cannot complain. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm alive and well. I'm sure there's a lot that a lot of people would complain about, but I choose to take the side of being happy and looking at the fact that I'm still alive. My family is safe and well. So I'm looking glass more full than empty. That's it. It's all about perspective, isn't it? That's right. Absolutely. Dwayne, I want to take this time to welcome you to the Blind Stigma podcast and to thank you for being open and ready to share your story with us. And I'm going to start off by asking that same question. Can you please tell us your story? Absolutely. Well, thank you guys for having me on. I truly take it as an honor to be able to come on this this amazing um, show of yours, as well as the opportunity to share my story, which I feel like um, it needs to be told because I feel like it can help somebody else. I, I truly believe that what happens to us is not just for us, but it's also to help others. So um, my story is one of, I would say, triumph, really. Um, when I think back to my adolescent years, I went through um, 
trauma of being sexually abused by both a man and a woman at um, different points of my adolescent years, first by a babysitter, um, female, and then later by um, my boyfriend's son, um, my mom's boyfriend's son, sorry. And so I struggled with a lot of anger during those early years of my life, really not knowing or truly understanding what had happened and the trauma that it caused at the time I was introduced to, you know, sex in a way that um, was not healthy at a very, very young age. And so that led me down a path um, into things like pornography at a very, very young age, not even realizing that it was wrong until I was probably into my mid-teens. Um, you know, dealing with the the abuse at the hands of the, my mom's boyfriend's son, um, caused some unsure in me around my sexuality in my early teens. I mean, it didn't last very long. I think pretty much once I hit high school, I was pretty sure that I that I that I liked women, and so, but it did cause some some uncertainty for a little bit of time there. But um, going through my teens, um, really struggling around, as I said, pornography and just sex and desiring these things it was not healthy and i didn't really have a, a place to channel it and i struggled alone with it for many years um thankfully towards the end of my teens i had great mentorship through my church and and as i would say the lord blessed me with great men that came into my life and helped me kind of navigate some of the things the challenges that i was experiencing um in my early 20s struggling with identity if I'm to be honest, you know, I had my two amazing daughters young at um, age 21 and 23 and just being thrust into a situation where I had to figure out who I was in the midst of trying to be a father and not really having a lot of um, support around, a lot of belief in me as a person really kind of put me in a headspace where it was really challenging on a day-to-day basis just even getting up, going to work and, and trying to figure out what's it all for and really having the only motivation of these two young lives are depending on me. You know what I mean? But at the same time, struggling with, okay, but beyond being a father, who am I? And never really feeling accepted, even in that relationship, not feeling accepted, never really feeling like I could just be me or that there was a safe space for me to be Dwayne and that it would be okay, you know, faults and all, warts and all, to be accepted. That's something that I've struggled with even to this very day, you know, and in almost every relationship, even since then, because I've split from my, my daughters um, um, many years now, but even since then, being in other relationships, still trying to find that safe space, that space where I can just be me and be accepted outside of my relationship with my mom. I still don't feel like I have that completely with anybody. And that's something that I still struggle with daily. But at the same time, I feel like I've come to a place of personal acceptance where before I think I was looking for it from people and looking for it from the world and not receiving it and struggling with that. I think I've grown um, through reading and through, again, having great mentorship to a place of personal acceptance, personal love um, that has taken me to where I am today. Okay. Wow. I mean just hearing sort of even just part of your journey so far um, to me is nothing short of amazing. 
I guess what I would love to ask you, and if you could elaborate for our listeners, is I know you mentioned about mentorship and being able to to find people connected through your church and 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 that sort of thing. I guess what I would love to understand is is at what point did you you know, were you able to start addressing your issue? Because a lot of times people come to a, either an aha moment where they're like, I, I can't do this anymore. Um, I need to reach out. Or maybe somebody else sees you break down. And um, that's when they start to help you to understand sort of the, the turmoil that is within. So would you be able to just speak to a bit as to, you know, at what point in the midst of all this, and I know you've mentioned a lot, but at what point did you start to realize that, you know, this, I, I can't deal with this anymore. Um, you know, I, I've maybe been trying to mask this for too long and um, I need to, um, you know, start to process all of this. Well, to be honest with you, that probably happened um, in 2016, to be honest with you. I did have, you know, some great mentors along the way during my, my 20s and early 30s. But I had a life-changing experience, uh, life-threatening experience, to be honest with you, in 2016. Um, 2016 is probably that year, that aha year, where just like everything that could have gone wrong went wrong. Um, I went through a separation um, in my marriage in 2016. Um, we had recently separated, moved out. Obviously, I still have my daughters, and work was, I was in and out of work, struggling with unemployment, and I took a job as a bouncer at a nightclub. And in 2016, August 14th to be exact, um, I was shot. Wow. You oh. know, oh I was literally, you know, went to work and thought, you know, just be another night. And that night in 2016, August 14th, I was shot. Um, and I remember, I guess the aha moment is literally lying on that dirty nightclub floor thinking I was going to die, oh thinking gosh. that this is it. And all I could do was in that moment, talk to God and just like, not this way. Like this can't be the end. Please God, don't, don't leave my daughters without their father. They need me. Like I just, that's just where I was in that moment. And thankfully I, you know, I came through that situation, but coming out of that, it really was the fork in the road. It's like, okay, God, for whatever reason you, chose to spare my life. You know, that night there were three people in the city that got shot and I was the only one that survived. Wow, and I remember even going to see the, the the surgeon who performed my surgery six weeks later after after um getting shot and he said to me, he said, you know, not that in any way getting shot is desirable, you know, but the precise angle you got shot saved your life. He says, I am a trauma surgeon. I see this every day. And he says that how close the guy was that shot you like you should not be here oh my gosh and so when i think about that i really makes me believe that number one if i never had any faith before i have faith that there is a god because <laughs> only he could spare my life in that moment and coming out of that i just said okay god there must be a reason why i'm here everything i've been through in my life you know i feel like i just been had no direction, no purpose all this time. I've been going through all these things, all these challenges, trying to figure out who I am. 
And now here's this moment where I could have easily been, I could have easily died and just been a footnote in history. Nobody would even know, I would have had no legacy, no nothing. But I'm here. So there must be a reason why I've gone through all of this. And that started me on a, on a journey of trying to really resolve a lot of these unhealed hurts, a lot of these things that I went through. And at the time, um, two weeks after getting shot, I went to, I started going to uh, my sister's church and the church at the time had a program called um, Celebrate Recovery. And it was basically a program that allowed me to really go back and really address every place in my in my life that was a place of hurt, a place of despair, a place of just pain. And it really allowed me to address the sexual abuse, my father not being in my life, you know, all of the stuff that I dealt with sexually. Um, it just really piece by piece allowed me to break down that. And in the midst of that, I, I was connected with some great, great mentorship that really walked with me through those dark places, even dealing with, you know, the anger around getting shot and coming out of that with really no resentment towards the, the young man who shot me and being in a place of peace with it, where I hoped the day should come that I could actually meet him and let him know that I forgive him. You know, I don't know what was going on with him and where he was in his life, why he felt like he had to have a gun or why he felt like he had to be in that lifestyle. But I would love to talk to him because I would love to tell him that I forgive you. And I would love to tell him that I love you as a human being, as a, as a brother, you know what I mean? But um, that's really the aha moment. That's really the turning point was that life altering, you know, August 14th at 2.24 a.m. in the morning, getting shot and still being here and figuring out day by day why I'm still here and, and walking out that purpose. My gosh. It, it's, oh, wow. it's unreal because Stacey Ann and I are looking at each other and my we, mouth's open. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah, the, the strength that is exuded through your words. It's, it, it's just beyond I want to say me understanding because I, 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 I feel it, but it's just so powerful. It left to be speechless. Mm. Mm. You know, it's, we always say this, we say it all the time on the show. Like your pain is your power. Yes. And your and, pain is your purpose. Yes. And, and it's, and all of this, it, it, it's just, this is Duane is, is, these words that we say all the time yes it's like this is a living walking example exactly, of exactly exactly right? thank you, you. Know, a lot of times we say it but to actually hear you what you have gone through what your experience was and is and how you are now using that um for your purpose and a to even share it um, I think is, is remarkable, but I also hear, you know, the, the, the pain that you had to go through and not just the physical pain, because when you had just mentioned about, um, you know, this program that was part of your sister's church and being connected with people who allowed you now to go, you have to go through more pain now because now you are now addressing years and years of trauma and now everything that has been buried that's what trauma trauma counseling or trauma psychotherapy is it's literally 
going to a place of things that have been buried for a long period of time. And us as individuals, we bury things. So because we think we that's what we need to do to survive, to get passed through, right? To pass through. But we are now not, and we're always in survival mode and we're not able to thrive unless we start to unearth all of those things that we have buried and actually face them. So now, you know, your physical healing might be ensuing because you're, you're recovering from, you know, from being shot, but now you're now in a program where you're like, all right, here comes some, here comes some more pain for you. Um, you know, now we're going to now go through the actual, you know, um, mental and emotional healing process, um, which I could only imagine was not only painful, but time, the time that it takes to, to go through that. And possibly that you're still going through now. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but, um, um, I could only imagine that it's taken and, and the strength that oh, it took mm-hmm. to go through that, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. To come to this, you know, to come to that space where you're even able to, to even speak to it, to our, to our, our listeners today is un, is unbelievable. Um, let me ask you, um, You've talked about your journey. You've talked about actually being in a, in a space where you're able to start to process, you know, the the years of trauma. Where are you at now? I honestly say I am. I'm still in the process. You know, one thing about that program that they told us from the jump was that it's not a cure all, but what it does, what it did, was give me tools in my toolbox to be able to manage it, to be able to kind of work it through. And that's been so big in the process is that I got to unpack so much stuff because you guys are right. You know, so many people, you know, bury their trauma as a way of coping, but then you don't end up living Mm. because it's, it's always there. It's always under the surface. And then things trigger you. you. You go through your whole life just being triggered by these things and you're never able to truly live. And so what it did was it gave me, as I said, tools in my toolbox, but it allowed me to get to a place of peace with what happened to me. It allowed me to find a place of forgiveness for those that hurt me and abused me. It allowed me to forgive myself. You know, it allowed me to just really come to a place of peace with it that, you know what, these things happened and they have, yes, they have shaped who I am, but they don't have to define who I am. And so now I use those, those things as an example to show that, listen, you too can come through these things. You know, I've actually gone back into that program two years since, and now I'm one of the instructors in that program, you know, because it's, it's been so instrumental to me. And I believe that you got to give back. You got to, when you're, when you've come through something, it's not just for you, but it's also so that other people can believe that they can come through as well. So I love the fact that I'm able to give back in that way because it's given to me. But um, I still have my days where I'm still going through the process of trying to understand, okay, yes, I'm healed from these things. And yes, I'm, I'm in a much better place with these things. But I know that they still in some ways affect me. And I still have my moments where the triggers you know, you see certain things in a movie or somebody will share a story and it still triggers you. You're like, yeah, you know, those wounds are healed, 
but some, some of them are still tethered to the touch. And so when certain things happen or a certain situation plays out, you still feel it a little bit. So it's still a daily process. And I think I'll always be walking out, you know, this process. I don't know that anybody ever comes to a complete place of him because these things did happen to you. So there'll always be wounds. You'll always see them. Obviously, they stayed over time and they hurt a little bit less over time, but they'll always be there. Wow. You're, you're absolutely right about that, Duane. You're absolutely right. And I love that you can, you can say that your story is not just for you. And it's just to help, it's to help another person and how it's, it's gone like a complete 160 or no 180, because now you've, you've been in the program and now you're an instructor in the program that, that shows a lot of strength to me. And I, I'm going to get into this question with you. And I just want to know, because it's, it's, it's not often that we hear a black man talk about how we can change the stigma in our community. And what stigmas too do you, have you faced yourself? But really, truly, the question is, how can we change it? But I want to know from you, like, what stigmas have you faced when it comes to mental illness in our community? Well, I think for me, the one thing when I talked about earlier, you know, just feeling um, accepted or feeling safe to be me, I've always been um, someone who has had high emotional intelligence and who's always been able to feel very strongly, you know, from an emotional standpoint and wanting to express that. And I know that from, for the black community, especially as men, that's not something that is, is acceptable. You know, even to this day, it's still not something that's readily acceptable as a black man, you know, of Caribbean descent, we are taught to be strong, that we're not allowed to show weakness and showing emotion is weakness, you know, showing pain is weakness. So I've always struggled with that in terms of just feeling like I had a safe space where, you know, I could just be me and being me is more emotional than the average guy. You know, I can, you could tell me your story and it can break my heart and I can cry. Like that's just always been who I am, but not always having a safe space to do that. And so my stigma I would say is really, you know, trying to navigate safe spaces where I can be my total self in my emotions, share how I'm feeling in a moment, share, you know, and feel like I can be accepted that a woman's not going to look at me as weak or that my brothers around me are not going to look at like, why is this guy crying right now? Why is this guy, you know, emotional? That's feminine. You know, that's a feminine energy. You know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't be that way. So I would say if anything, that would be like the number one stigma that I've personally struggled with through my life is, you know, finding a safe space where I can be myself and share my emotions because I do feel deeply on pretty much everything, you know, everything affects me and I'm able to, you know, address and articulate my, my emotions or how I'm feeling about something and not feel any way about it. I've come to a place of acceptance where now I really don't care, but I know that I struggled for a lot of years finding a safe space where I could be myself. Okay. And and how can you see how how are there ways that we can change this in in the community overall? We can change the stigmas besides just um, besides for you creating a safe space. Is there any other things that we can add to possibly change the stigma all around? Well, I, I'll tell you this: I um, communication, conversation. I'm always talking about this. Yes, I yes. I work with yes. some great brothers who um, are really aligned with me. And we talk all the time. We're both spoken word artists, a, a good brother of mine, um, Nigel, and some other brothers. We really are pushing this agenda of, 
you know, allowing men to really function in their full capacity, which means including their emotional side. So I am out there on a weekly basis on my social media. I'm always posting something that's promoting, you know, safe space for black men to be able to speak, to be able to share, to be able to be free to feel and express and articulate what you're feeling and know that it's okay. It doesn't mean that you're less than a man. It just means that you're actually a human being. You're a full man. You're just the same way a woman can express her feelings. You can express your feelings. So I'm constantly, as a content creator, as a writer, and everything I do, I am pushing that narrative of trying to change the way we look at ourselves as a, as a culture, as black men. Yes, we are strong, but strength also does, doesn't take away from your strength if you show emotion. It actually enhances your strength, if anything. So that's that's what I'm doing. Oh yes. Thank you, Dwayne. Honestly, thank you for for creating such a safe space for our community, and thank you for for going out there and 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 pushing the envelope on emotional intelligence. That's really important, and and that is so crucial, especially for tomorrow's future for the kids growing up today. You know, that is something that is. It's what you're doing is tremendously appreciated. So I just want to say thank you for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, what I also appreciated is, is what you mentioned about being a human being. Um, I think a lot of times people don't realize that it's that, you know, us in the black community as black, you know, black men and as black women, it's almost like we have to wear this certain mask and there's certain things that we can express and certain things that we cannot. And, and we are robbed of our, of our full human experience. So, you know, I, I appreciate what you've just said and I, and I thank you for that. And, and I would definitely say to, to keep on doing, doing what you're doing because our community absolutely needs it. I think it's going to be part of our healing as an entire community. Absolutely. Dwayne, I'm going to ask you a one last question. And, and this is a question I like to, to say. It's the fun question. <laughs> but really it is. Um, I, if you could sum up your entire journey then and even now, and you can sum it up with just one word to describe your journey, what would that oh, one wow. word be? <laughs> wow. <laughs> yes, the one word, Dwayne. One word. One word. Oh, man. Um... Hmm. One word. I would say growth. Ah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Yes. Yeah, I would say growth. Okay. I think it's just, it, it encompasses everything because I think when I think about the word growth, it's it's learning about yourself. And as you learn about yourself, you're expanding your place in the world. You know, you're, you're seeing more and more where you fit. Because I believe that we all have a place in, in, in this world and there's a spot that we're supposed to occupy. There's a space. We're here for a reason. Every one of us is here for a purpose. But it's, 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 it's constantly evolving. It's constantly growing. And that's why I say growth. Because you're constantly figuring out, okay, why am I here? I think from the day you're born, that's really what everybody is doing, whether they realize it or not. Why am I here? And you don't get there if you're not growing. And that's why so many people are, 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 are lost and so many people are broken because 
they haven't never they haven't come to that place where they realize I'm here for a reason. Why is that? So they've never started that journey, or they're just stuck. And so I feel like growth because despite everything that's happened to me along the way, I've been able to, to figure it out and put that puzzle piece where it's supposed to go. Okay, this is why this this makes sense now. You know, being the way I am, you know, in tune with my emotions, everything that I went through, I'm able to speak to people who have gone through that or even other traumas. I'm able to speak to it, understand to it, connect with their emotion and be able to relate to them. So I see now, you know, when I was in the valley of those, those seasons of my life, I couldn't see the mountaintop of why, why am I going through these things? But I've had some mountaintop experiences where I see, okay, aha. I see why I have to go through that because this person I'm talking to right now, if I didn't go through what I went through, I wouldn't be able to speak to them. If I wasn't created the way I am, I wouldn't be able to connect with them and they wouldn't be able to feel my energy and know that this is a safe space right now that you can be and say what you need to say. So I, I would say growth because I realize more and more every day, every month, every year, why I'm here. Absolutely. Dwayne, I'm, I'm going to... I've never done this on the show before, but as you're speaking, I, I see a book. I'm serious. Like I, you're talking to me and I see a book. I also see you doing your workshop and you taking it across Canada, taking it across the world, going global, whatever the workshop is or whatever you're doing with your group on creating a safe space for men to be able to express their emotions and to be on an emotionally, on a intelligence level with their emotions. I, I see that. So there is a reason, and I and sometimes I hate this quote that says there's a reason why you went through what you went through. Everything happens for a reason. Because it's like, why would I have to go through so much pain? But I like to remix and say everything happens for a divine purpose. Yes. And yes. and there is a divine purpose why your journey went the way it did. And mm-hmm. I just had to tell you. When God tells me something, I don't question God. (laughs) So I'm telling you that I do see a book and I do see your program or maybe I'm not saying the correct term for it. Your movement. Mm. I see your movement moving mountains. Mm. That mountaintop that you're on, that you felt that you grew from and that aha moments that you have, that uh, those aha moments are going to move people. Oh my goodness, that is a prophecy if I haven't heard one. Oh my goodness. As you're speaking, the word is just coming to me and I and I and I and I and I couldn't suppress it. <laughs> I had to say what I what God told me to say. Right. Well, I, I have definitely felt that that energy that that there's a book. There are books coming mm. from me that So you're just confirming what I know that God has been saying in my secret for a long time. And to be honest. I've kind of walked in, in a little bit of fear with that, but I know that that's coming and that's, and that's where God is taking me in terms of just being able to reach the world globally. Yes. So it definitely, thank you for confirming that. Absolutely. And Dwayne, tell our audience before we wrap up where they can find you. Yes. And we need all your social media handles. Let them know where to find you. How do we connect? Yes. Okay, well, I am an open book pretty much. So I actually have three um, <laughs> IG handles. One for my business. I'm a financial um, professional. So I actually teach financial literacy. Okay. It's another one of my passions and missions, especially in our community. Mm. We talk about stigmas. You know, our, yes. our people are, are great workers and, we, and, we, and, and we're smart and we're intelligent. The one area that we, that we suffer is in our knowledge of how money really works. So I teach financial literacy and my IG handle for that is I am underscore... Uh, WFG 
uh, Dwayne Beckford. Um, my arts page, in terms of the things that I do creatively, is at Prophecy, P-R-O-F-E-C-I Speaks, S-P-E-A-K-S. Um, and then my regular page, where you see my kids and my family and everything that I love to do, and that's only O-N-L-Y, one, the number one, and Prophecy again, P-R-O-F-E-C-I. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Absolutely. <laughs> Dwayne, we have to thank you. And I'm sure that our listeners are also so appreciative of what you have shared on our podcast today. We thank you. We ask you to continue to do what you are doing. Um, you, you are reaching, you are reaching so many people, so many lives. And I know just with what uh, Stacey and I prophesied, um, you're going to be reaching people across Canada. And I think Canada, it, it's beyond that. It's beyond that. It, it's definitely beyond that. Be so yes. So we thank you. Thank you so much for joining our podcast today. Well, thank you guys so much for having me. It's, it's truly an honor to be able to come on and, and just share with you guys. And I hope that something I shared today might be able to help somebody else that, you know what, regardless of what life is thrown at you, that you can, there is a purpose in it and that you can triumph over it. And it can be a place of strength. It can be a place of help to somebody else. You've reached the end of another episode of the Blind Stigma podcast with your hosts, Stacey Ann Buchanan and Dr. Natasha Williams. Thank you for tuning in. If you're a first-time listener and you like the show, then please subscribe, rate, and review us on all the major podcast platforms. Don't forget to connect with us on social media at The Blind Stigma and join the conversation. Find out more about each guest and help us to change the stigma while taking back our narratives. This podcast is produced by What's Up Toronto and Stacey Ann Buchanan Productions.